0: NDP MPP Joel Harden's got a choice. Either he get the anti-Semitism education, he clearly needs, or interim leader Peter Tabbins will take harsher actions. And Tabbins said that, you know, in light of the comments and the fact that anti-Semitism is on the rise, that the party is committed to stamping this out. I mean, the problem for Mr. Tabbins is that um, there have been a lot of incidents of, of Jew hate in the NDP Party. Not, they're not the only ones. The Green Party, they're completely right off with this stuff. But you know, since 2018, uh, we get a lot of the words that they're against the hate, and yet we, we see it pop up over and over again. Because it's not just Hardin's words that are the problem here. Not everything he said is anti-Semitic. You can certainly fight for Palestinian rights. You can certainly side with Palestine. That doesn't make you anti-Semitic. Neither does criticizing Israel but that he feels it appropriate, you know, to confront Jews in his neighborhood and harass them about Israeli policies or try to trigger Jews with some kind of reaction because he wears a Palestinian human rights pin is very problematic. And as my next guest writes in what I think is a really terrific op-ed in the Globe and Mail, you know, Jewish voices are not heard when they are calling out hate. And I think because... Is just so entrenched in the mainstream. Sheba Burhano joining us, the Associate Director of Partnerships at the Centre for Israel and Jewish Affairs. You know that as Sija, a Canadian-Ethiopian Jewish activist where she combats on, uh, focuses mostly on combating anti-Semitism and hate. Great to have you, Sheba.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: It's interesting, the article that you write, um, in part thanks to Kanye West, you know, in his hateful rants that Jews can basically... Uh, you know, this kind of hate can be accepted against Jews. Um, y- you specifically call out that you yourself are accused of whining or exaggerating it uh, when you actually speak out, and that it's happening at a time in this country when we have leaders who boast about how progressive and inclusive this country uh, are.
1: Yes, uh, exactly. It's um, You mentioned that anti-Semitism is on the rise, and it. I think the most worrying thing is—is is this normalization that we're seeing, this this kind of moving to the mainstream of of what what we have been led to believe are fringe thoughts and fringe opinions. Um, but we're seeing it in in pop culture, and and um, it's it's worrying.
0: Is it that I I get the sense that a lot of people don't understand what it is. They'll say, well, why can't you criticize Israel? And I said, well, of course you can. But you can't isolate Israel for the behaviors that other countries do. And you certainly can't go up to your Jewish neighbors and hold them to account for things happening in another country. I mean, that's, that's another level. But not everything is anti-Semitic when you, when you criticize Israel. But I don't think people truly have an understanding of what anti-Semitism is. Maybe that's part of the problem.
1: Definitely. Uh, we, we know that so much of, of hate is rooted in ignorance. Um, we try so hard to combat that ignorance with, with education. We've recently launched this tool called Unlearn It, uh, which seeks to kind of give uh, school-age children, particularly middle school students um, and their teachers the resources to learn and understand anti-Semitism, because for so many people, unless they're around Jewish people, unless they, uh, they know and love Jewish people, it's very hard for them to kind of grasp the, the realizations of anti-Semitism.
0: And I think you raise a very important point, um, which often isn't discussed, is that, you know, not all Jews are white. Uh, most, in fact, aren't, which is why I think Hitler took a particular, um, you know, hate to Jews because he saw them as the inferior race. But the fact is there are a lot of Jews that are not white, that, that you know, this vision of them all sitting around a table with their evil plans to, to control the world. It's just, you, you know, you got to know what you're talking about before you you, you make the comments.
1: Hundred percent, and and for so many people, um, there's this idea that it's it's okay, it's punching up, um, that it's okay to criticize uh, Jews because it's it's punching up, it's it's punching up to the idea of whiteness. When in reality, um, the majority of Jews are, are people of color. They come from um, they come from uh, Arab nations. They come from Eastern Africa. They come from all over the world, and and um, this idea of Jewish peoplehood and Jewish history is is, is is something that i think that people just don't understand or know about and that allows them to kind of fall into this idea of of punching up.
0: And we know that education is crucial. I mean the fact that 62% of Gen Z don't even know that the holocaust was a thing. Um you know clearly we need more education. But you know there is not a lot of consultation with the Jewish community. My concern Sheba, is that There are a lot of people in schools I would not want teaching about, you know, uh, anti-Semitism because I think a lot of them do think like a Joel Harden and don't actually understand the difference. And they do bring their their criticisms of Israel into the conversation when that's way out of their lane, but that's not what we're talking about. And so I'm concerned that if we don't bring in those who actually understand this issue, and, and I guess Jews would be the best people to go to to talk to them and bring a direct link in, it won't be taught right.
1: A hundred percent. We've seen so many instances of of people, of teachers, of leaders who perhaps had had great intentions really kind of defining what anti-Semitism is and teaching it in a way that makes sense to them and makes sense to to their values, but ultimately, um, without consulting the broader Jewish community, really... You don't accurately capture the feelings and values of the Jewish community, and by denying it, you erase it. And by erasing it, you kind of lay the bed to, to deem it as as whatever you think it may be, but it isn't the truth.
0: What is, in your mind, the most um, dangerous part of, I guess, where we are now in twenty twenty two when we have this conversation?
1: Without learning about Jewish people and and Jewish history, I think. Deeming anything and everything associated with Jews as evil is kind of the greatest and most worrying thing to me. Um, it's 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 just too easy to do. It's too easy of a trap to fall into.
0: And, and in your mind, you know, a lot of people have said, you know, Joel Harden should be stripped of his, you know, parliamentary privileges. Uh, some have said he should re- resign. I'm not so sure, you know. I'm not one to, to want to cancel people, but I do think there are real learning moments uh, in these times. Where do you stand on this? I mean, it's one thing for the NDP party to come and say we're going to deal with it, but talk is cheap.
1: Talk is cheap, and and unfortunately, this instance isn't isn't the first that we've seen. You know, just last week we saw French rapper Freeze Corleone and performing in Montreal, and and in a similar instance we we didn't call for cancellation we called for uh donations to the montreal holocaust museum because you know we thought that promoting holocaust education would be more of an effective uh tool to combating this and i think that in a similar vein this presents an opportunity for Harden um first party to really reflect and and take this as a learning opportunity and consult the broader jewish community
0: yeah, I mean you look at the situation with Kyrie Irving who, you know, he got I think he took a real public shellacking um over this whole thing. He was really um, you know, isolated and and made an example of. I don't have a problem of him coming back. He's gone out and got educated. If he's learned something, that to me is a win.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. And and what it does is it opens up this learning opportunity to people that listen to these figures because ultimately that's what's the most worrying thing is is not just what these folks say as individuals, but the platform that they give to these ideas. So if they can give that same platform to educational opportunities, then then we're going somewhere.
0: Yeah. Well, we got a long way to go on this particular <laughs> front. Appreciate you breaking it down. Thanks so much.
1: Thanks so much. Take care.
0: That is uh, Sheba Burhanu joining us, who is with Sija, writing about this in a terrific, I think, op-ed piece in the Globe and Mail that uh, is worth the read because I think she breaks it down what the real issues are and some of the assumptions that are made.